give context to my uh, comments today. I'm going to read from Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The other night, um, Marty and I had the opportunity to go on a double date with our son Ben and his girlfriend Kristen. Kind of weird, huh? (laughs) The food and the conversation were excellent. At some point in the conversation, because of Ben's interest in becoming a doctor and Kristen's becoming a nurse, we ended up talking about my internship and residency. And through the course of the conversation, the name Dr. Dave Seeley kept coming up. Dave was one of my attending professors. Not only was Dave an incredible physician, but he was a dear believer who loved the Lord. And during the three years of residency, Dave became a mentor to me. Dave was not only making a difference in my life during those three tough years of residency, but in the 20 years since. This morning, I've been asked to give my testimony. 20 years ago, prior to God putting Dave into my life, my testimony would have been confined to telling you about my conversion experience. I would have focused on telling you how, despite growing up in a Christian home, I I didn't become a real believer until my senior year in high school. I would have told you the details of the events leading up to that conversion experience. I would have been able to fully describe to you how it was through faith alone in Christ alone, that I was a believer. I would have focused on Christ's death and resurrection as the basis of my justification. And I would have given a very sincere and credible witness to the before and after of God's salvation in my life. After giving testimony to God's goodness and grace and saving me from hell, I would have most likely launched into what I was doing to grow as a Christian. I would have told you about my quiet time, my times of meditation and fasting, my desire to serve others. I would have spent a lot of time talking about that, highlighting my good works. I would have told you about my efforts at witnessing, my avoidance of anything evil, cigarettes, booze, non-Christians, bad movies, swear words, the Chicago Cubs. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry for the Cub fans. And my focus, I would have told you about my focus on God first, family second, and country third. You would have been so proud to meet such a nice guy with a great testimony. But then God used Dave to challenge my basic understandings of living a faithful life. He used Dave to expand my understanding of justification, sanctification, God's sovereignty, and most importantly, grace. Dave was one of the first people to help me see that God was not confined to the spiritual. He helped me to see that God's sovereignty was over all things in heaven and earth. It began a journey that helped me to see the truth of Abraham Kuyper's famous quote, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. I learned that God was in control of all things. He was in control of the outcomes of the care uh, that I provide my patients. 
He was in control of my family. He was in control of my marriage and how my kids would turn out. I learned that God is over all relationships, churches, communities, governments, and countries. As a corollary to this, Dave also challenged my thinking on what things were considered ministry. At that time in my life, I often struggled with wanting to do something for God. I had moved beyond my earlier hang-ups that only pastors were involved in ministry, but I continued to believe that if I were to serve God through medicine, that I, would, I could only do it if I were going on mission trips or actually going to the mission field, which was sort of ironic that I ended up on the mission field. He helped me to understand that the reformers taught against the sacred and secular divide. I began to see that God calls us all to serve one another. In fact, Luther taught that even though some of us have positions of leadership, we are called to serve. Even the prince, though given authority to rule, is ultimately called by God to serve those whom he governs. But God didn't stop using Dave and just helping me get my head straight with a better understanding of theology, God's sovereignty, vocation, and calling but he, used God, but he used Dave to call me to a better understanding of sanctification, humility, and repentance. And boy, did Dave have a gift for getting to the heart of the matter. We all know that if we want to speak into someone's life, they need to trust us. And we all know that if someone's going to speak into our lives, it better come from someone who knows us and loves us. And Dave had a knack for this. I know that's why he would often invite me and other residents to work out with him. Though Dave was twice our age, he could outswim, bike, and run, most of us. And most annoying of all, while, we, while you were sucking wind to keep up, Dave would talk and talk and ask you all kinds of questions, sort of like the dentist asking you questions when he's gotten his hands fully planted in your mouth. But those long runs in the South Carolina sun formed a bond of trust that allowed Dave to speak truth to us. In residency, I learned that I had a gift for procedures in high-stress situations. I was always willing to be the one to do the difficult procedures in the ICU or the ER. I was willing to take extra call and labor and delivery to learn how to deliver babies. And most of the other residents were willing to give up these procedures. It was a great experience, and it served me well for the first 20 years of my career. The only problem is that it added a little extra smugness to my already slightly arrogant personality. Don't forget, I was a Christian. But unfortunately, on more than one occasion, I ended up being couched. In some places, it's known as the crying chair. In preschool, or maybe in your own home, it's known as timeout. Nonetheless, it was a time when my residency director, and usually Dr. Seeley, who is the assistant director, had to meet with me to help me change my ways. But I'm On one occasion, I'll never forget, after the usual formalities of dealing with the complaint and coming up with an action plan to correct it, Dave really confronted me. He went straight to the heart. In essence, he said, Tim, you have all the head knowledge about being a Christian. Your theology is orthodox. You know all the right arguments for the apologetics of the faith. 
but your actions are killing your witness. Your arrogance and your selfishness are causing people to tune you out. I began weeping on that couch. I was broken by his words, not because he had hurt me, but because I realized for maybe the first time how badly my sin hurt others. And I realized the shame I was bringing on to the good name of Christ. I walked out of that meeting humbled and repentant. And though I didn't realize it then, I have come to realize that that was the beginning of my understanding of living in grace. I look back on it and realize that my understanding of justification was solid. It was God's work and his work alone that saved me. But as I alluded to earlier, my understanding of sanctification was more like, thanks God for bringing me uh, to salvation, but I'll take it from here. It was in that moment, in that crisis moment, and there's been plenty since, that I realized that God's working in my life, it is God's work in my life that is sanctifying me. It became a rhythm of faith, repentance, and obedience. Over the years, I've had plenty of practice of going through these cycles of faith, repentance, and obedience. At home, I've succeeded in hurting my wife, of provoking my children and speaking harshly to them. I was spending restless nights kicking myself for poor choices I've made. And at work, I've managed to annoy my colleagues, make a few nurses cry, and been frustrated at my impatience. But through it all, I have been able to truly experience God's grace. I've been able to experience both parts of what Jack Miller says, cheer up. You're a worse sinner than you ever dared imagine. And you're more loved than you ever dared hope. If I only focused on my sin and how I continually sin despite being a Christian, I would despair. And if I only focused on how gracious God was and never dealt with my sin, I would become a bigger, arrogant fool who would cause others to tune out the testimony of my words. But if I focus on both parts of what Jack Miller says, I am a sinner and I'm more loved than I ever dared hope then I can walk with the great assurance that nothing can separate me from the love of God. One of my favorite songs is In Christ Alone, and happily we'll be closing our service today with that song. But I want to share the last verse of that song as the conclusion of my testimony today. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. The testimony of my heart is that God works, does the work of justification in my life. He does the work of sanctification in my life. He is a sovereign God in control of my life. He is a forgiving God. And he is a loving God who will never let me go.